Welcome to today's message by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church. Liberty Baptist Church is located in Rock Falls at 2002 9th Avenue, just across from the Dillon Grade School. Pastor Tommy would like to invite you to be a part of their Sunday services. The Sunday School Hour is at 10 a.m., followed by their morning worship at 11 a.m., or their evening service at 6 p.m. They would also love to have you be a part of their midweek services on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We hope you will get a blessing this morning as Pastor Tommy brings you a message from the Word of God. Good morning, everyone. It is Sunday morning. I hope you all are on your way to church. We appreciate you listening to us this morning. I'm Pastor Tommy McMurtry from the Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls, and we hope to be a blessing to you today as we bring you a message from the Word of God. And as always, we like to start things off, try to get you in a good mood, get you to smile a little bit. This is our way of buttering you up a little bit before we get to the preaching. Sometimes the stuff's a little tough and um, may be difficult for some people to take, so this is to kind of lighten the mood a little bit, so hopefully this helps you. But I've got a couple about a wedding. And this one says, A little boy was attending his first wedding. After the service, his cousin asked him, How many women can a man marry? Sixteen, the boy responded. His cousin was amazed that he had an answer so quickly. How do you know that? Easy, the boy said. All you have to do is add it up, like the preacher said. Four better, four worse, four richer, four poorer. Let's, all right, maybe this one will be a little better. Let's try this one. Attending a wedding for the first time, a little girl whispered to her mother, Why is the bride dressed in white? Because white is the color of happiness, and today is the happiest day of her life. The child thought about this for a moment, then said, So why is the groom wearing black? Oh, I thought that one was a little better. Well, all right, last chance. Here we go. Uh, this one's not a wedding one, but after a church service on Sunday morning, a young boy suddenly announced to his mother, Mom, I've decided to become a minister when I grow up. Well, that's okay with us, but what made you decide that, said the mom. Well, said the little boy, I have to go to church on Sunday anyway, and I figure it will be more fun to stand up and yell than to sit down and listen. Hey, all right, that one was pretty funny. Well, anyway, enough of that. We want to get to the message this morning. But I want to read a passage of Scripture. And before I get to the Scripture, though, I want to ask you a question. And obviously, I will not be able to hear your answer. But um, here's the question. Are all sins equal? Are all sins equal? Are they all the same? A lot of people... Many times they'll make statements that sound good, maybe make us feel good, but they're not really accurate, biblically speaking. And that, you know, a lot of times people say, well, you know, a sin's a sin. All sins are the same. And I'm here today to show you from the scriptures that that is not entirely true. Okay, for example, you can say, you know, one sin's just as bad as another one, but you know what? I would rather you talk bad about me behind my back than to kill me, okay? Uh, I think that would be worse than you talking about me behind my back and me never finding out. Obviously, both are a sin, but one's a little 
has more severe consequences. One's going to cause greater harm. And there are greater sins than others. And I want us to look at some of these things from the Bible. And you might think, well, then what have I been hearing all my life? Because I hear people say all the time that, you know, sin's a sin. There's no, you know, sin that's worse than others. Well, I'll show you where that comes from in a little bit. But I want to read a passage of Scripture for you. And it says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The word of God that we have, it's perfect. It's right. There's nothing wrong with it. And then in verse uh, 10, it says, More to be desired are they. Talking about the words of God, the law of God. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned. And in keeping of them, there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in the sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Notice a couple statements in there. Notice that, you know, how he specifies, keep me back from presumptuous sins. You know, don't let me sin on purpose, you know, don't let me commit the great transgression. So there are some sins that are different. There are some sins that are greater than others. All sins are not equal. Okay, so now where does this whole, you know, a sin's a sin thing come from? All sins the same in the eyes of God. Where does that come from? Well, it comes from, I believe, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1. It says, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Okay, so we see that Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, he died for the sins of the whole world. He died for everyone's sins. He died for for every sin. A very important thing to understand. That's something that's commonly taught. And that is absolutely accurate. Jesus Christ died for everyone's sins. And he died for every sin. And when it comes to deserving eternal damnation, any sin will qualify. Any sin makes you a sinner. Jesus Christ died on the cross for sinners and if you've committed any sin, whether it be the big sins or the small sins, you are a sinner and you deserve eternal damnation. You deserve to die and spend eternity in hell because of sin. James chapter 2 verse 8 says, If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. For he that said, do not commit adultery, said also do not kill. Now if thou committed no adultery, yet if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So you see here if what that passage is saying, and this is a commonly taught thing. If you've committed one sin, they'll say, well, you've committed them all. Well, not necessarily if you commit one sin, you are a transgressor of the law. And if you are a transgressor of the law, that makes you a sinner. I mean, you pick any sin in the Bible that you've committed, 
whether it's a big one, whether it's a small one, whether it's one that's mentioned many times, whether it's one that's mentioned only one time, if you have broken any commandment in the Bible, you are a transgressor of the law. You are a sinner. Jesus Christ had to die on the cross for your sins. If you do not accept His payment for your salvation, you will die and go to hell if you have committed any of the sins. And that is a common teaching, and that teaching is very true. But then people, they take it a step farther, and they say things that aren't necessarily true, and they say things that that passage doesn't say, trying to make all sins equal, which basically, I'm afraid, is a way to make us feel a little bit better about some of the things that we do. Because while none of us would say that we're perfect, you know, it's... Many, there are many of us that can say there's some things that we have never done. And there's people out there who like to do those things. They know their sins. They know they shouldn't do it. And they don't want anybody trying to tell them that they shouldn't participate in the sins that they are wanting to participate in. They don't like it when a preacher gets up in church and he starts preaching against sin and getting specific, especially if it's something they like. And then they will try to throw that in there that, well, you know, a sin's a sin. They're all the same. No, they're not all the same. If you have committed any sin, you are a transgressor of the law. And you need to be saved. That's what the Bible teaches. But there are some sins that are worse than others. There is, and so understand there is no sin that makes you more deserving of hell than any other sin. First John 3.15 Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Okay, So right here we see Jesus comparing murdering somebody physically and hating someone in their heart. Okay, There's many who've never committed murder in the sense they've never killed anybody, and but there's many people that have hated their brother. And because of that, you deserve to go to hell. Because you have sinned. You didn't do one of the bigger ones. Obviously, I would rather someone hate me than kill me. Okay? Understand that one is a greater sin than another. is a greater consequence. But both make one deserving of hell. So there is no sin that makes you more deserving of hell. Matthew 5.27 says, Ye have heard that it hath been said of them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. He's trying to show this example to people who had never killed, people who had never committed adultery, to show them that, listen, you are a sinner too. Maybe you haven't done the big things, but you have sin in your heart. You've done other things and you need to be saved. And unfortunately, there are many people today, many religious people especially, who they, they don't feel the need to be born again. They don't see themselves as a sinner. They don't see themselves as deserving hell because they've not committed the big sins. And Jesus would use those verses and those examples to show them any sin qualifies you to, for, you know, to go, as a candidate to go to hell. As someone who is not gonna, uh, Make it into heaven. If you've committed any sin, you need salvation. You need a Savior. So, um, none of us as sinners, and we all are sinners, can look at one and say, you deserve hell more than I deserve hell. Okay, I understand that. The Bible does clearly teach that. 
But none of that implies that some sins are, or that none of that implies that all sins are equal. So throughout the Bible, we see some sins that are worse than others. For example, in Psalm 19, we read about the great transgression that was mentioned. In Exodus chapter 20, you have the Ten Commandments. Okay? The ten, the most important. And those ten commandments we see in the New Testament, he sums them up into basically two commandments. The greatest commandment, okay, the greatest commandment, the most important. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is the greatest commandment. Why? Because it's most important. Therefore, if you don't obey that one, you have broken the greatest commandment. You have committed the greatest Sin. And then the second one, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. These are more important. These are some of the most important ones. These are greater ones. In Proverbs chapter 6, in verse 16 through 19, it mentions six things that the Lord hates, and yea, seven are an abomination. There are some things in the Bible that are referred to as abominations, is this something that it just makes God sick. Not every sin is an abomination. All sins are sins. But there are some that just especially disgust God, that ones that he hates. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, uh, you know, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. I mean, God hates those things. You know, he that soweth discord among the brethren. It's an abomination. It disgusts God. It makes him sick. Revelation chapter 21, verse 6 says, And he saith unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Notice the things that he's mentioned. He's mentioning you know, some of the bigger things, and just letting you know these people are going to go to the lake of fire. These sins are things that are just exceptionally bad, things that God hates, things that disgust Him. The last one He mentions, all liars. Okay, Now, what does that mean? Because many people, they like to use that verse too to show how all sins are equal and they're all the same. Because notice, you know, it says all liars. But here's the thing. You know, everyone's lied, right? In fact, people even after they've gotten saved... They've all told a lie. If you've done anything to mislead, if you have posted something, you know, dishonest, you know, on social media, I mean, anything, anything to deceive, that's a lie, okay? And, but notice here, and so people use this verse and say, see, you know, a lie is a lie, you know, it doesn't really matter. But listen, that passage right there, what is he talking about with a liar? Well, John, who wrote Revelation in 1 John 2, verse 22, he kind of defines the liar that he's talking about. And he says, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? 
He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father, but he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. One who denies that Jesus is the Christ, one who, or one who denies that Jesus is the Messiah, he is a liar. And listen, all lying is sin. All lying is bad, okay? But if I ask you what you think of my outfit, and you tell me you like it when you think it's ugly, okay, that's not as bad as lying about Jesus Christ. That's not as bad as saying that Jesus Christ is not the Messiah, that Jesus Christ is not the only way to heaven. That is far worse to do that. And God said that all those that do that, all who deny that Jesus is a Christ, they're all going to the lake of fire. Okay, Not all who just wasn't completely honest about someone's outfit. There are some things that have greater consequences. There are things... Why, are they, why do they have greater consequences? Because they are worse than other things. Okay, If all sin was equal, if all sin was the same, then wouldn't there be the same punishment for every sin? But there's not. In Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 30, it says, Men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he is hungry. But if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. He shall give all the substance of his house. But whoso committeth adultery with the woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. A wound and dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. For jealousy is the rage of man, therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will not regard any ransom, neither will he rest content, though thou givest many gifts. Notice these two different sins and two different consequences. You have one who, you know, he steals, okay, because he's hungry. Okay, it's always wrong to steal. Even if you are hungry, it's wrong to steal. But you know, God says, you know, don't despise him. Hey, he's supposed to pay sevenfold if he steals. I mean, even if he has to give all the substance of his house, whatever it was he stole, he's going to have to make that right. That's wrong. But boy, an adulterer, that's another story there. I mean, that adulterer, man, a, a, a wound and a reproach he's going to get. I mean, the consequences for adultery are so much worse. They're so much greater. And throughout the Bible, you see many things. Some things, they were punishable by death. They, for example, murder. That was something they punished by death. You know, if you stole something, they didn't put you to death, but you would have to restore. There were, uh, you know, things like manslaughter was dealt with. If it was an accident, you know, there was, uh, you know, you had to make right. You had to take care of of the family of the person uh, the, that you killed. There was all kinds of different consequences based on the severity of the sin. And this whole idea that all sins are equal is basically just man's way of easing his conscience for some of the big sins that he's committing because of maybe he's maybe he's just perverted. Maybe he's somebody that just, you know, he doesn't want a light shined in his life. He doesn't want light shined in his sin. He wants to be able to go on his merry way and enjoy sin. He doesn't want anyone judging him. He doesn't want anyone looking down on him. And so he just distorted these things. But some things are worse than others. And then the Apostle Paul. We're not going to read all of it, but a well-known passage in Romans chapter 7, verse 14, where the Apostle Paul talks about the struggles that he had with them. And in verse 24, he kind of sums it up. And he says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? 
And everybody loves that passage because it's like, man, you know, nobody doubts that the Apostle Paul was a great Christian. Nobody doubts the Apostle Paul was saved and on his way to heaven. And look at how much he struggled with sin. And while, yes, he did struggle with sin, and while he still continued to be a sinner, notice we don't see the Apostle Paul persecuting the church anymore after he got saved. I mean, was he torturing, you know, was he delivering Christians up, uh, you know, and sending them to jail, having them put to death? Was he holding the coats of people that were stoning preachers like he did with Stephen? He wasn't doing those things anymore. He had stopped doing those things. You know, when he got saved, boy, I mean, his life changed. He started living for God and he still had that sin nature. He still had sin in his life, but they weren't the big ones. And we've got people walking around today just living wicked lives and then they get all bent out of shape if the church has a problem with the lifestyle that they're living. And maybe they don't want to allow them to be a member in their church because they're just living wicked lives and they act like, you know, there's something wrong with us. We're being judgmental. Listen, there are some things that the Bible says are not to be once named among you as become a saint. Fornication is a great example. There are so many passages in the New Testament about keeping fornication out of the church and amongst the, not just in the church, but amongst the members of the church. The church is not the building. The church is the people. And there are some things that just a Christian should not do. And the Bible deals with those over and over again. And they are running rampant in churches today. And nobody's allowed to say anything against it. And if you do, they'll throw some of these things at you. Like all sins are the same. There's you know no greater sin than others. Yeah, maybe I'm committing adultery. Maybe I'm committing fornication. But you know what? If you looked at a woman to lust after, you're doing the same thing. No, that's not the same thing. There clearly is a difference between committing adultery and just thinking about it. It, just like there's a difference between you thinking about killing me and actually killing me. And there are two different consequences for it. Okay, You're not going to go to trial for thinking about something, but you will for actually doing it because it's more severe. And so, you know, real salvation, it's going to help you get victory over sin. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. When God saved us, He saved us. Not just from the penalty of sin, but from the power of sin. We don't have to keep on sinning like we do. We There are things that we can get over. God can give you victory over the sins in your life if you'll just let Him. And I'm just afraid that people today, they just love their sin too much. It's like they want to be worldly and they want to be Christian on their way to heaven at the same time, thinking they can, ha- you know, they can have it both ways. Listen, that's not how it works. If you don't think your sin's a big deal, then why do you even think Jesus Christ came to this world to die on a cross? He came because he, want, he wanted to save you, wanted you to go to heaven, but he also wanted you to live a victorious life. And we need to stop making excuses for sins, which is what we're doing when we try to make them all the same. That's just, it, it's not biblical it's going to hurt you having that type of thinking. And I hope if that's the way you're thinking, you'll get that right and stop making excuses for your sorry sins. If you've 
If you're saved today and you see the Bible teaches that you shouldn't do something, you ought to quit doing it. Ask the Lord to help give you victory, and I believe He will. So thank you so much for listening today. I hope this was a help to you, and I hope you will just be strong in the Lord and be able to say like Paul did, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Thank you for listening to the message this morning by Pastor Tommy McMurtry of Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls. We hope you were blessed and invite you to tune in next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. as Pastor Tommy brings you more truths from God's Holy Word. For more information about Liberty Baptist Church, visit their website at experience-liberty.com or you can email them at libertybc2011 at att.net.